It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver. And today, I just want to talk about a report from Mark Stein saying that the Wizards are one of the three teams with top 10 picks willing to trade out of the top 10, and also if Mike Conley Jr. should be a possible point guard of interest for the Washington Wizards. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. NBA Draft is coming very soon, June 23rd. Today is June 13th. You'll probably be listening to this on June 14th, but the draft is coming very quickly. It's basically 10, less than 10 days away. It's getting very, very real for the Washington Wizards. So um, I just wanted to talk about this report from Mark Stein, uh, NBA reporter. He says, uh, they, the Wizards are one of three teams with top 10 picks willing to trade out of them. Talking about trading out of their picks. So this is an article. This is from Clutch Points that was circulate, circulating around social media. I'm just going to read a couple um, paragraphs of the article, some stuff that stood out to me that was very intriguing. You know, should the Wizards look to trade the 10th pick of the draft? This is something that they usually do when they are considered to be in win-now mode. They traded. Um, their mid-round pick for, you know, Markeith Morris. They traded their mid-round pick. This is under Ernie Grunfeld, but they traded their mid-round pick for uh, Markeith Morris, uh, Bohan Bogdanovich, who's on the Jazz right now. Um, they've traded their first-round picks a couple of times to bring in win-now mode type of players or, or players that they think would push them to make a playoff push. And, you know, you're bringing back Bradley Bill, who just said in the interview that, he wants to be in a place where he thinks he can win. So technically, if they do that, they're bringing Bradley Bill back and they're going to pay him a quarter of a billion dollars. Then they're going to make moves that they feel would push them to make a playoff push and put them in win now mode. So pick 10 would be on the table now to trade out of the pick. So that means basically what I'm taking from the article when he says with top 10 picks willing to trade out of the out of them. Is he saying trade back or trade out of the top 10 or trading the pick to get somebody like a Malcolm Brogdon or get somebody like a Michael Conley Jr.? Is that what they're doing? Or are they trading the top 10 pick to trade up to pick four from Sacramento to possibly get a Jaden Ivey or trade up to a pick seven to get from the Blazers to get a Benedict Matherin? Or if they really do fall in love with Dyson Daniels, could they get him at pick seven? Do they want to trade up? You know, and they uh, reportedly Dyson Daniels impressed in workouts or uh, in the Wizards workout that happened on Friday. He did a 20 in, or some type of team drill. He ran really fast. And the last person to do was Aaron Holiday, which is really hard to do. But I'm going to talk about that later with Dyson Daniels workout and Ty Ty Washington's workout. I'm going to talk a little bit about that towards the end of the episode. But 
Um, those are the options there. So I'm going to read a little bit of the article here. So this is um, so Washington quote Washington could find a high level player in a trade or perhaps take advantage of the Sacramento King, Sacramento Kings and Portland Trailblazers looking to trade back. So that answers the question there. Could they trade up with the Kings to get pick four and get Jaden Ivey or trade up with the Blazers to get Benedict Matherin or if they really like Shaden Sharp, someone like Dyson Daniels, etc. Or AJ Griffin if he falls, you know Keegan Murray. Those are just some of the players to throw out there that could be in that range. Um, they could package Kristaps Porzingis' contract. This is what stood out to me when they said they could package Kristaps Porzingis' contract along with their pick to find an all-star or do the same with Kyle Kuzma or KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. However, however they look to do it, they have to get back into playoff contention next season and make the most of their NBA draft pick. So, yeah, that could be trading it up or trading it back. Um, but trading – Porzingis is what stood out to me in the article because if you're going to trade Porzingis in, in the 10th pick, you're, you're going to have to trade that for an all-star. I'm not trading Chris Epps in pick 10 just to move up to pick four or pick seven. So that's out, that's out the window there. Um, he did say, yeah, he did say they could package Chris Epps, the contract along with their pick to find an all-star. Um, so, you know, who's really available? Donovan Mitchell, you know, there's reports of him not being happy with the Jazz. Could you trade for him? That's the only available all-star that I could see being disgruntled. I did talk about Kyrie Irving earlier this or a couple of weeks ago. If he's disgruntled, he doesn't want to be in Brooklyn anymore. Could they do a sign and trade? I just don't see the Nets wanting a Porzingis. I don't see the um, Jazz wanting a Chris Haps Porzingis. It would have to be a three-team trade. And we saw the value of Chris Haps Porzingis did go down when you trade a Spencer Dinwiddie and a Davies Bertans, and you get a second-round pick in Chris Haps Porzingis. So that kind of shows you what the rest of the league Phil's Chris Haps Porzingis' value is at the moment. Now, Chris Haps had a great last 20 games of the year, and I think Tommy Shepard, maybe he could be playing chess here and saying that we could trade Chris Haps for a legitimate all-star. Like, like I said, if Donovan Mitchell becomes available, I think that's the only person you would try to look at and trade for him or Kyrie Irving. But at the same time, you know, Kyrie has his, you know, concerns, injury concerns, and not being, being available just like Chris Haps has. And then the fit of Donovan Mitchell with Bradley Bill, how would those two guys play together? But when you just have talent and all-star players together, you know, you're just going to have to let these guys play and just let the talent ride out because Donovan Mitchell on any team, he's going to make any team better. No matter who you have on that roster, he's going to make, even if you have a Bradley Bill together, you're just going to have to find a way to make it work. Um, that would be an intriguing duo, Donovan Mitchell and Bradley. They're both not point guards, but Bradley Bill has played point guard. He had to play point guard basically last year because we just did not have a legitimate point guard on the roster. Um, but yeah, so that's, that could be Tommy Shepard playing chess here. You know, a lot of people say they didn't want Chris Tapps to play the last 20 games of the season, but who knows, maybe Tommy Shepard was playing of Chris Tapps Porzingis' value because he played so well in the last part of the year that maybe he could package Chris Tapps in a pick and bring in somebody who is better or more of an all-star. You just never know. You just never know how the NBA season goes. I highly doubt that happens, but um, it is, it is intriguing. Do the Wizards want to trade that pick for, say, like, like I said earlier, Malcolm Brogdon or a Mike Conley Jr.? Would it be reminiscent or bring up memories of when they traded the fifth pick for a Randy for or Mike Miller? When they can just stay at pick 10, get a guy on a rookie deal. Now, the rookie's not going to move the needle, but is Malcolm Brogdon really going to move the needle that much either? Is he going to push them more than just the plan or succeed? Mike Conley, same thing with him. Is he going to push them more? than really an eighth or seventh playing team. Those, those are the question marks you have to ask as well. Um, trading up for Jaden Ivey, that would be my first option where he said putting uh, Kyle Kuzma with pick 10 for Jaden Ivey. That's the trade that I like the most. But yesterday, as I said, 
I would not trade Kyle Kuzma unless that's the, that's the only package I'm trading Kyle Kuzma. There's no reason for me to trade Kyle Kuzma unless you're going to get somebody better to, to the franchise, a young, legitimate, bona fide talent. KCP in pick 10 to the Blazers for the seventh pick, that's something to think about um, if you're going to get Benedict Matherin. But at the same time, would you rather just keep pick 10 and keep um, KCP? I like Matherin a lot, but I'm not really willing to just throw away KCP and pick 10 just just to bring in Benedict Matherin. I like Matherin a lot, though. I do. I think he's going to be a great player. I think he's going to be a really good player for years to come. Um, so that's something to think about, too. Dyson Daniels, I like him, but I'm not trading up to get Dyson Daniels. Um, I'm, I like Dyson Daniels, but I, I do have a lot of – I have a couple players – not a lot of – I have a couple players um, that the consensus has behind him. I have a couple guys ahead of Dyson Daniels, in my opinion. You know, just the beauty to the eye meets the beholder. I have a couple guys ahead of Dyson Daniels. So I personally would not trade up for Dyson Daniels. If he falls to the Wizards at pick 10, that's something I'd definitely take a look at. So what the article, it really stood out to me is, is that they he, he said something about Chris S. Porzingis. They could package his contract along with their pick to find an all-star. So that that's that's something that I have not heard a lot. I really have not heard a lot. So that could be a possibility. I highly doubt that happens, but I think the Wizards want to move forward with Chris Tasper's. I think they're happy with bringing him in where they were able to flip Bertans and Dinwiddie and get Chris Apps in a second round. I think Tommy Shepard was very happy with getting Porzingis back and just raising the talent level with the Wizards uh, for the Wizards. And you know, I think he really wants to see Bradley Bill. And I think Wes Unsel Jr. really likes the thought of Chris Porzingis being at the high post and running that offense, similar to what they did with Nikola Jokic. I'm not saying Chris Haps is Nikola Jokic at all, but they, I think they like that mindset of the offense being ran through a big man, you know, at the high post, you know, backdoor cuts, finding open shooters and Chris Haps just, you know, creating offense off of isolation and shooting over people. I think that's the way the offense looked towards the end of the year. So, um, but yeah, so the wizards, could they trade their 10 pick for Conley or Malcolm Brogdon and trade it for a point guard? That's something that sounds like what the Wizards front office certainly would do. So we'll see what happens there. But I do want to get into Mike Conley. Somebody did ask about Mike Conley. I will be doing mailbag questions basically for the rest of this week. Um, this is one. This is an episode I wanted to do. I wanted to do an episode about Mike Conley, but somebody asked about Mike Conley. So I guess I'll get to it right now. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by Arcade One Up. Boom shakalaka. We have big news. The one, the only NBA Jam is back. RK1 up. The leader in at home retro arcade games is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they made it bigger than ever with a wait for it Shaq edition machine. I used to play NBA Jam back in the day, you know, Nintendo 64, PS1, PS2 at the arcades. I used to play it all the time, all the time. People are obsessed with NBA Jam, and I'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again play hoops with NBA legends in this arcade classic. Jump clear across the court and set the ball on fire in one of the one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, and no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade, the number one up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade One Up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like a Golden Tee. Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at $399. Check this out. They are giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked-on listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at rk1up.com slash locked on. That's rk, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack edition con- to enter to enter to win a NBA Jam Shack edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? 
Also, don't forget the NBA mock draft. The ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. First pick is June 16th. Search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so I'm going to find this on Twitter. Somebody submitted this question. They, This wasn't under the uh, mailbag question that I posted. Um, this person, they, they mentioned the Locked On Wizards uh, Twitter handle on Twitter a couple days ago, and I, I just want to find the tweet and shout them out uh, for this. This is from Wizards Trash Talker. Um, his Twitter is at hoopdo. So it's hoop underscore T-E-E underscore D-O-O. He says, with the with the Utah Jazz remodeling the remodeling, the Wizards should scoop Mike Conley Jr. KCP feels their need for perimeter defenders. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. So, and there was also somebody who wrote an Arthur, an athletic article. This was with um, Josh Robbins and John Hollinger, who was a former NBA GM. He, I, I, quote, I will quote this article. I'm not going to read the whole article because I know you know there's a paywall with the athletics. So I'm not going to read their whole article, but I'm just going to read this excerpt here real really quickly. John Hollinger. Uh, Josh Robbins from The Athletic, who was on the show two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he asked John Hollinger, he said, would Malcolm Brogdon be a legit trade candidate? And John Hollinger responded and said, Malcolm Brogdon and Mike Conley are probably the two most realistic trade possibilities for the Washington Wizards. Of the two, Malcolm Brogdon would likely be, pre- be, be preferable because he's younger than Mike Conley. Mike Conley is about 34 years old, and Malcolm Brogdon has D.C. area roots. His contract is also looked in for the next three years at $22 million and chains per season. So, um, And then John Hollinger says, to match his salary, Washington would need to guarantee Caldwell Pope's full $14 million salary for next year and then send him along with at least $3 million in filler. The Wizards could get there by guaranteeing Ish Smith's deal and including him in the trade. The question is, what would Indiana want on top of that in order to part with Malcolm Brogdon? So basically, you can kind of do the same thing with Mike Conley. You look up... I'm looking up Mike Conley's contract on spot track for next year. He's going to make $22 million as, as well. So him and Malcolm Brogdon are making in that same um, threshold of their contract about $22 million. Malcolm, uh, I'm sorry, Mike Conley looking up his age here. He's 34 years old, 34 years and 254 days old right now. He's been in the league for 15 years, which is ridiculous. Was the fourth pick of the draft at Ohio state played really well for the Memphis Grizzlies. He finally made an all-star game in 2021. He was an alternate um, somebody was injured and they picked him to make the all-star game. So he's had a decorated career. I mean, he has had, he had, had a lot of acc- accolades, but he, he's definitely had a really good career so far. Um, and he's a good point guard. You look at some of the, the numbers from uh, basketball reference here that I have Malcolm Brogdon. He's a really good three point. Sh- I mean, I'm sorry. Mike Conley is a, is a really good three point shooter. Um, he can shoot the lights on the wizards. Definitely could use three point shooting for sure. They could definitely use three-point shooting for sure. Uh, 2022, he averaged 13 points a game, three rebounds, and five assists per game. 2013, he was all defense. Now, his defense has tailed off. You look at the playoffs, he was not able to stay in front of Jalen Brunson. He struggled with that. Um, Jalen Brunson had a what, 30, 40-point game in the playoffs. Mike Conley had an underwhelming playoffs as well. You look at some of his numbers in the playoffs as, as well. 
He had nine points a game when he was averaging 13 points in the regular season. So his drop off, he was uh, averaged less than four. He averaged four points lesser in the playoffs. His 5.3 assists went to 4.8. He shot 20% from the three point line in the playoffs, where he shot 40% in the, from the three point line in the regular season. Shot 79% from the free throw line in the regular season as well. Um, so the shooting percentages really, really went down in the postseason. And in game six, he had a crucial turnover. Um, that lost the Jazz the game where he had the ball. They were down by one point. Or I want to say two points. And he had a crucial um, unforced error to lose the game in game six. They lost, Yeah, they ended up losing to the Mavericks 98 to 96. So that was that was crucial for them. But Mike Conley is a good player. I think he's more of a natural point guard where the Wizards didn't have more of a natural point guard at all last year. You know, and I always ask, you know, what's the fit with um, Bradley Bill and, the, and point guard X? You know, I, I just don't think him and Colin Sexton would, would be a great match because Colin Sexton is looking to score. But Mike Conley is actually he's, – he's not a pass-first point guard, but Mike Conley can definitely set up an offense and distribute the basketball. Um, he averaged five assists. He always has a solid turnover to assist uh, ratio. He's always done that really well. So last year he averaged five assists, and he only averaged 1.7 assists. And then the year before that in Utah, he averaged six assists and 1.9 turnovers per game. He's really clutch as well. I, I talked about the stat um, yesterday. He was right behind Kyle Kuzma and clutch three-pointers made, so he's always been good at that. Um, he was really good off the bounce with off with dribble threes, pull-up threes. He was second best in the league with off the bounce threes behind Desmond Bain. Um, doesn't get to the rim much. He is getting older. He's 34. Um, and once again, with the turnovers, he has an 11.1% turnover percentage, which is in the 76th percentile. So he's a guy that the Wizards are looking for. Tommy Shepard, once again, has always said he wants to pass first point guard. Same thing with uh, Wes Unsell Jr. He doesn't turn the ball over much. He's not trying to do too much. And the Wizards, what they do need next to Bradley Bill, they do need a point guard that's going to set up the offense and get Bradley Bill his spots. Bradley Bill, his usage rate has gone up. So they do need a point guard that doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot. And that's the thing that didn't work with Spencer Dinwiddie. He's a guy who's more of a scoring guard, a combo guard a shoot first, score first type of guard. And Mike Conley, he's a guy that can facilitate the offense. And Mike Conley would be really, really good off ball, shooting 40% from the three-point line. Mike Conley, in his career, he is a 38% three-point shooter. With Utah in 2022, he shot 40% from the three-point line, 41% from the from the three-point line in 2021. So, and he shoots a lot of threes. He shoots five, he, shoot, he shot six threes per game in 2022 and shot six threes again per game in, in 2021. So he shoots a lot of three. So he would get that volume up, up and he would get the, th the three point shooting percentage up for sure with the Washington Wizards. So, um, but year after year, him getting to the rim and his shots at the rim do go down a lot of floaters, a lot of mid range shots and a lot of three pointers. Um, he shot 11% of his shots at the rim in 2021 and 8% of his shots at the rim in 2022. So it's going down each year. He doesn't get to the free throw line a lot either, which is showing, you know, how, you know, the older you get, you know, the the that's the the less you get to the basket and he's relying on that jumper. So that's just an indication that he's relying on his jumper more. And he, he's still efficient at it, shooting two, shooting two free throws per game, 79% from the three-point line from the free throw line. So he's an 80 basically an 80% free throw shooter, 40% three-point shooter. So and he can score. He can score 13 points a game. And I, I think he would be a good fit next to Bradley Bill because he does, doesn't need the ball in his hands. But his defense in the playoffs was underwhelming. So that's one that's one red flag there. He's not a big guard. He is about Mike Conley's about what six feet. He's six foot one. So Bradley Bill wants a dog. He wants a he wants taller guards. So Mike Conley doesn't fit the the height. But Mike Conley is a dog for one. 
and he can score. He can shoot the ball. He doesn't need the ball in his hands for one as well. I think he would fit next to Bradley. But I think he's one of the better options, to be honest with you. I really do. I think he's one of the better options. But are you willing to pay a guy who's 34, 35, $22 million? And who are you going to give up to bring in a Mike Conley? Like the articles, John Hollinger said KCP as well. The other article, um, including Mark Stein, said KCP as well. So are you going to fully guarantee that $14 million with KCP, package of Ish Smith, and then would you have to throw in that 10th pick? I'm not giving up the 10th pick for Mike Conley. I'm just not doing it for a one-year, two-year rental, most likely. And I, I, I just – I wouldn't fathom doing that. I like Mike, Mike Conley. I, I like the thought of it. I think he would fit well, him, Brad, Kuz, Porzingis. I think that's a good starting four or five, um, whoever the, the small forward would be. Um, I think that's a good solid five. I think, I think that, that team would make it to the playoffs. I think it would be an eighth or seventh seed. They would be a playing team. And they wouldn't make it past the first round, just like the Jazz didn't make it past the first round this year. So I uh, do want to hear you guys' thoughts on Mike Conley as well, but that's my take on it. I wouldn't trade a pick for him. And the Jazz, would they want a KCP? Would they want an Ish Smith just to get rid of Mike Conley? I don't, if I'm in the Jazz shoes, I kind of kind of stick. Uh, I, it would be something I don't, I don't think they would be running to the table to make that trade, to be honest with you. But um, I do want to talk about the Dyson Daniels and Ty Ty Washington workout very quickly. Just some notes from Chase Hughes. And then we'll wrap it up. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless, seemingly intimidating questioning, questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution for to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so I'm going to read the tweet here from Chase Hughes. Ty Ty Washington and Dyson Daniels did work out with the Washington Wizards this past week. Um, Ty Ty Washington, actually, he tweaked his knee, apparently from, I'm sorry, not his knee, but I'm going to read the tweet here, so I want to get this accurate information to you guys. Um, Chase Hughes tweeted that, um, and then he took a picture that Dyson Daniels was talking with Tommy Shepard as well. So you can take that for whatever it's worth. You know, I don't know if it's going to, you know, really tell you that um, Tommy Shepard really, really likes uh, Dyson Daniels. Is he willing to trade up for him? 
Um, but yeah, here's the tweet. He's tweet here from Chase Hughes. He says, Ty Ty Washington did not do the Wizards infamous 20 lines in two minute drill due to a knee bruise, but said Wizards officials were buzzing about Dyson Daniels being the first prospect to finish it in years. He heard not since Aaron Holiday. So that kind of tells you the stock and the drill. It's kind of like a wide receiver running a 40 yard dash, you know, John Ross for the um, the uh, not the Cleveland Browns, but the, the Cincinnati Bengals. You don't want to take too much stock in somebody running a four two 40 yard dash because that doesn't really translate to the game. So Aaron Holiday, no knock on Aaron Holiday, the former wizard, but his career hasn't translated into a bona fide all star. It just has not. He's been a solid player, a solid role player, a rotational player for sure. But you just don't want to take too much stock into those drills. And I do think Dyson Daniels is going to be a solid player. I was also listening to a podcast um, where they talked to his G League Ignite head coach and they compared his G League head coach. They asked him who uh, I want to say it was Jeff Goodman from ESPN who uh, does college basketball. And he asked um, the G League Ignite head coach, you know, who, who does he compare Dyson Daniels to? He compared Dyson Daniels to uh, an athletic Boris Diaw. He compared him to DeLon Wright. So those are the guys, you know, and then he said his upside, his ceiling is Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I've seen a lot of people compare him to Lonzo Ball. Now, the concerns, the things that scare me about Dyson Daniels when I watch him play is the shooting, for sure. The Wizards, I always say this, they were bottom five and three-point percentage uh, per game. Now, they did make that better. Uh, towards the end of the year when they were moving the ball. It was all about ball movement. That was the thing. It was all about ball movement. But uh, I want to pull up the percentages. So in his G League campaign, Dyson Daniels shot 27% of his – of his. he shot 20%, 27% on his three-pointers and 52% on his free throws uh, last year. So that is concerning. That's very concerning. Um, 52% from the free throw line, that is an indication of shooting. And his shot is very slow. It looks like it takes some time for him to set up and get the shot off. Now in the pro in his pro day in the combine he measured at six foot eight so that's when scouts and GM started going crazy because his stock went up because he's he's only what 19, 20 years old so he's going to grow he's going to get taller I do see some Lonzo Ball in him but you have to remember that it took Lonzo Ball a long time to get that shot together and Lonzo Ball has been on three teams so if you're getting a Dyson Daniels and you expect him to be Lonzo Ball I think you would get good value at pick ten but once again you're getting a good player you're not getting an all star and that's fine at pick ten. Um, like I said, I just have a couple other players in front of Dyson Daniels, in my opinion. I think he's a good player. And this is this is the thing about the draft. We all have our, our, our opinions. We're not going to agree on anything. But Mavs draft came on here. Uh, Richard Stamen, he did say that the Wizards do have another secondary ball handler, which is kind of what Dyson Daniel, Daniels is. But the G League Ignite head coach did say that he ran Dyson Daniels at the point guard position. And he did that on purpose because the first game of the season, Dyson Daniels had about six turnovers in a row. This is what the G League head coach um, said on the podcast. And he wanted Dyson Daniels to just get better at that point guard position. And he wanted to throw him out there at the Wolves. He said if he was in college, he probably would have got yanked and would have got bent, got benched. So that's the thing on Dyson Daniels with me is the shooting. Can it translate? The Wizards already struggle with shooting threes. Um, and they already have somebody, and Richard Stamen was saying that they already have somebody, a secondary ball handler who's more of a connector and a jack-of-all-trades, isn't elite at anything, but he's good at, at certain things. He's good at everything, but not elite at everything. He's good on defense. He said Denny, Avdi, Denny Avdia and Dyson Daniels have similar games. Now, Dyson Daniels is more athletic than Denny. That's the that's the upper hand that he had. That's the ones the athletic traits. I think he has he's more athletic off the bounce. But Dyson Daniels struggles to shoot from the three-point line. Denny Avdia is working on his three-pointer this offseason, so we'll see how that translates next year. But those are my concerns with, with Dyson Daniels. Ty Ty Washington. 
doesn't get to the basket much. Is not explosive either. He's a smaller, smaller guard. But you just look at Kentucky, Kentucky guards, and before the ankle injury with Ty Ty, Ty Ty had 17 assists in the game. Ty Ty put up 30 points in the game before the ankle injury. He was bowling before the ankle injury. So I do think Ty Ty Washington is going to be another Tyrese Maxey where we look back and we're like everybody. A lot of people pass on him because he had an underwhelming second half of the year. And then he's balling like Tyrese Maxey. He has 30 points or 25 points in a playoff game. And then everybody's like, oh, man, we should have drafted Ty Ty Washington. So I do have a small feeling that will happen with Ty Ty Washington. But Dyson Daniels, I think he's a good player. Um, but I, I like Malachi Branham over him, to be honest. I like Benedict over him. Um, I like Johnny. I kind of like Johnny Davis a little bit over him, to be honest with you. I don't have too many players over him. But there's some guys with some skill sets that I think will tra- be easily translatable to the NBA. Now, Dyson Daniels. Can he learn to be a point guard? Can he get that shooting down? A lot of repetition. It's going to take years. He is a project player. So that's the thing with Dyson. He is a project. You have to be patient with him to get that shot down. Can he fit next to Bradley Bill? Is he, is the spacing going to be bad with Bradley Bill and Porzingis when you have a lot of guys that can't shoot the three or space the floor? But can he be a pest defensively? He does have a lot of defensive upside. He does have long arms and a long wingspan to get into the passing lanes. Is he like another Sato? Is he like another Sean Livingston, which is some people compare him to Sean Livingston as well? Being a 6'9 connector point guard who's not going to score a lot of points, but he can facilitate and pass and play defense. So we'll see what happens with Dyson. We'll see what if he even gets to pick 10. There's a lot of teams that like him. He was invited to the NBA green room. So those are the question marks I had with Dyson Daniels games. The shooting is a concern. The, the form, the load up, how long it takes for him to get the shot off is very concerning for me. But I just want to thank you guys for listening and making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now I just want to make sure you guys check out the Locked On NBA draft and a mock draft. Make sure you guys check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I want to make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Wizards on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.